Growing the Game with Ballsy is a podcast dedicated to growing the game of football in Saskatchewan. Each week, Michael Ball will talk with rider guests, but he'll also highlight amateur athletes, coaches, and builders in this province growing the game we love. Now, here's Ballsy. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And when you're about to spend some of that hard-earned money, I hope you remember these fine sponsors. Like our title sponsor here, one of them, Regina Sports Performance Center at 1464 Broadway Avenue. A new center of excellence for the training and rehabilitation of Saskatchewan's elite athletes. Featuring indoor football and soccer fields, three-on-three basketball courts, and cardio and weight training facilities all under one roof. Plus, veteran therapist Scott Anderson's on site for your physical rehab needs. Our first quarter is brought to you by Face First Medical Aesthetics above Gabos on Dooney Avenue in downtown Regina. Hold off Father time in a naturally looking way. Chrisinda's known for her caring, no pressure approach, and you can find Face First on all social media platforms. It's time now to catch up with the 2021 CJFL Coach of the Year. He is Scott McCauley from the Regina Thunder. 2021 CJFL Coach of the Year, Scott McCauley. That has a nice ring to it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a uh, it's pretty, uh, pretty big award right now for our team and our organization all the time and effort that everyone's put into it and it's kind of all in the same footsteps as uh Rand Shaw definitely means a lot to me uh personally as well so how are you a different coach now than when you first started with the Thunder <laughs> that's a great that's a great question I'm definitely a, a lot more calm than I used to be that's for sure mm-hmm. um but uh I think like for myself like really I'm trying to do a lot more like collaboration with my coaches and Trying to empower them to do a lot of things, but also making sure like we're going in the right direction and stuff, right? Um, I think that's definitely something that I've really been working hard to do is bring those guys in more and make sure that it's just more of a, a team effort when it comes to game planning for sure, and then also with you know just with the recruiting and creating the, the culture and stuff. Yeah, is it hard to be proud, Scott? As proud as you would be had you won the whole thing? Like you had a great season, eight and zero. First time you did that. First time you finished first but you didn't quite get it done in the playoffs. Is it hard to be proud, or can you compartmentalize, uh, you know, everything that's gone on? So I, I think if it, was, if it was any other year, it would be like a lot harder to be uh, to be proud, you know, like also getting to that, that championship game and being those guys in the playoffs and stuff is something that's not really like a huge knife to the heart and stuff but uh i mean at the end of the day i kind of sit back and i thought about not just the season but everything that led up to it right and i'm proud that our team was recognized with this award like you know like during the whole covid thing and having you know to lose a season and do a five-week training camp and to keep coaches engaged and the players engaged and the directors engaged and try to Slingshot the organization forward, like financially and all that kind of stuff. Like, it was taxing, man. It was super tiring. So, like, right yeah. now, to be honest, like, I, I, I can't separate them both. Yeah, um, like, like I look at it, Scott. You won the 2013 championship. You've never won one since. But you're coming through a pandemic. Everything you just said there, I would argue this is the most successful season in your team's history, despite the fact you didn't win it all. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, there's, it's interesting, too, that people are like, oh, you had this most amazing coaching uh, season. Well, I think I coached a hell of a lot harder in 2014-15, like with Texas and O's and all that stuff. But that's where, like, you know, the coaches have really bought in. If, if anything, this season was, like, the most fun we've ever had. And, 
was uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say relaxing, but just so taxing and stuff. But at the end of the day, like you just everybody was pulling the boat forward. You know, everybody was tugging on the line, and everybody was putting forth their effort. And it was just a it was a lot more fun to show up show up to to coach and. And when you're there, you're full of energy, and things just went fast. And I don't know, like it was one of the easier seasons when it comes to that. You know, like there wasn't that whole thing, like oh, I gotta go to get the practice, put another four hours filming. It's like I can't wait to do it because you lost that season, and, and also when you got everybody bought in, it's just it's more fun. You know, uh, I'm gonna try to draw a comparison and see if it, it lines up. You to Frank McChrystal in this sense, like Frank started as a positional a player, positional coach took over the team, but then he became more like a general manager, more like a facilitator of the program. Now, I know right now at this stage of your life, you're probably more hands-on, like you said, with film work, but I almost see you like the face of the team. You're out at dinners. You're doing those type of things. You're doing a lot of interviews. You become a face of the team, and that's what Frank did. He surrounded himself with great coaches behind the scenes so he could lay off a little bit on the X and O's and be more of kind of like a GM. Do you kind of have the same path, so to speak, or am I missing it here? No, I, you, you probably hit the, the nail on the head. You know, we're both short. <laughs> um, <laughs> I we're, like, you know, like, I say the one difference. I mean, yeah, I'm moving in that direction. I don't want to move in that direction, to be honest. Like, I want to do more of the X and O's. I love coordinating, and I love getting down and getting skill work in the drills with the guys and, like, breaking down film and trying to find – you know, opportunities to take advantage when competing against other teams, but at the same time, like when you do have the coaches put in place, like I got guys like Stefan Enson, pretty hard to find anybody better than him, and he's grown so much in the last couple of years here too. It's insane, um, just like confidence-wise and, and understanding how to deal with the players and nexus and those and stuff. And then, yeah, in the mix, like a guy like Dave Jackson, who was in the CFL for seven years doing special teams and helping with the defense. And then, you know, you got a guy like Andrew Rumbo who's very passionate, but you also got a guy like Paul Dawson that really, like, you know, understands defenses inside and out. So, like, when you get those guys in place, unfortunately for me, you got to kind of take a, you got to take a back seat, right? Um, when it comes to the accident, those are allows you to put a little bit more time and effort into, like you said, being sort of a face of the organization. Are you a headset guy on or off during the game? So I've always been a guy that does not wear a headset um, every single year until this year. And then this year, um, you know, I, I did put the headset on because uh, Andrew was on the field calling the plays from the defensive side of perspective. And then there's no other uh, defensive coaches really on the field because uh, Dave was doing special teams. Uh, so I think I had the headset this year and worked just to uh, make sure that if anything that uh, Paul or – you know, one of the uh, front seven guys to know that I could help Rumble out with. But yep. to be honest, I ended up getting more lost in the game and not really doing a good job with that either. So I'm well, definitely ahead and off type of dude. Well, you know, you look at uh, you look at like Wally Buono never wa- wore one. Frank never wore one. Going back to McChrystal, like it just those are kind of guys I see that trust the coaches around them. But uh, you know, they can focus in on the game and think ahead a couple of plays when they don't have somebody talking in their ear. 100% can, can kind of get the, the flow and energy of the game. You know, when you got to speak to certain individuals and give them a little kick in the butt or, you know, give them a little big hug as well, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so uh, uh, going forward, I know you said it was a knife in the heart, but uh, you're right there. How do you feel about your team going in next year? <clears throat> well, if we're able to retain everybody, I'm feeling pretty confident. 
I know it's crappy for me, but whatever. After that game, I, you know, the new mosaic, there's that ramp that you have to go up to get from the, the, the field level to the very top, the uh, very top where the buses are, mm-hmm. making sure everyone's out of the stadium and the rooms are closed. And um, I go to walk up the stairs. Well, of course, it's the hilltop coaches that I'm walking with, and like, there's literally nowhere you can go. Yeah, like we're about to do this huge walk here. They're doing the, the walk of triumph, and I'm doing the walk of shame. And and uh, I remember they, they said like, "Oh, good game." And and they're you know they had to make the comment that oh they're excited about the future because they barely lose anybody. Well, you know, and then the Winnipeg Rifles made the same comment. Oh, we're just young. Well, guess what? So are we. We're gonna graduate six dudes. Yeah. So there's 78 out of 84 guys that could come back. Like I think the Regina Thunder set right now to be uh, in a real good spot moving forward. Um, you can start to fill in certain holes or bring more depth in as well to improve things. And I think we're going to have a really good, solid team uh, uh, definitely uh, moving forward. Now, the big question is, are you able to retain everybody? You know, like for us, historically in the past, you know, the old times have had a lot of money that they can throw around and support guys with scholarships or whatever it is. And, you know, for us, we've, we've – uh, We've been a, a good picking ground for a lot of esports teams, but there definitely seems to be like a lot of hype with our players. And uh, I would not be shocked if all of you guys were back next year. Well, uh, I know uh, teams uh, like to stay with the coaching staff. They like you look at the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They took a lot of pay cuts to stay there. Uh, Chris Jones is guys that have been loyal to him, and I know you and him are buddies. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if your guys stick around because uh, you definitely have this organization uh, going on the right path. Thanks for this, Scott. Best of the holidays. We'll talk to you in the new year. You betcha, sir. Thanks. Bye-bye. Time now for some more 24-second shot clock sports. Hit the timer. Chris Collinsworth praised Green Bay quarterback Aaron Rodgers for being honest. Even worse, he called Travis Scott a master at crowd control. Ohio State head coach Ryan Day reportedly could leave to coach the Chicago Bears. Day always wanted to coach pro football. This would put him one step closer. And Jags coach Urban Meyer has reportedly alienated some of his players and called his coaches losers. See how tense this guy gets when he can't go to a bar and get a lap dance? Time now to recognize another title sponsor of Growing the Game with Ballsy. It's Kevin Welsh of Hammer Time Roofing. Thanks to him for getting on board with this podcast. Great community guy, and he really has supported his Rough Riders over the years and this podcast most recently. Hammer Time Roofing is Saskatoon's only certified roofing business. They specialize in GAF, CertainTeed, and Malarkey roofing products and offer a true manufacturer's warranty. Give Hammer Time a call at 262-ROOF. Thanks to Kevin for hooking me up with a sweet orange Hammer Time Roofing shirt and hat. This thing actually looks good on me. Usually when I put a hat on, it looks like I'm checking crops. Our second quarter brought to you by Paul Waldo at Royal LePage in Regina. Get in the real estate game with the three-time Grey Cup champ by calling 306-502-5355. Speaking of Waldo, as you probably know, he's the secondary coach for the U of S Huskies. Let's catch up with him to chat about the team's memorable Vanier Cup run. Didn't end the way you wanted, but you got to be pretty proud of your team. Oh, yeah. I think, uh, I mean, they were from, from top to bottom. Um, you know, we fought, we bought, we, uh, you know, handled some pretty serious adversity early in the year, and we were able to 
to, to get to where we wanted to get to, but we, we couldn't, couldn't finish it off. So, I mean, I think there's, there's only one winner at the end of the day, but we've, uh, I think we've been, been able to establish, you know, a foundation that's going to allow us to be, to be getting back there for years to come. So, yeah. So I saw Western score those two, uh, you know, two touchdowns with that Campbell kid, uh, Griffin Campbell. Yep. And I thought, gee, wouldn't Haggerty and Lacombo look good in that secondary? I mean, you get, you had some, you yeah. found some guys, but uh, you talk about uh, adversity to start the year. Your goal is to move these guys onto the next level of football, but it would have been nice to have Lacombo and Haggerty in that secondary. It could have been a difference. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I th- and I think that's kind of the difference. Our, our secondary for sure was was the most inexperienced group of the guys on the team. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't think any of those guys have ever actually started a game other than than one one guy. So you know, you take your lumps, and and then you know, conversely, you play a team like Western, who you know has been in the Vanier three of the last four years. You know, I think their average age was was twenty one um, on that team. So it's just it's it's an experience thing, and obviously with guys like Hags and Lacombe who've been around who had been a, you know they were pillars and have been around since since the the new regime had come in it would have been would have been great to have them but you know we did well we we got to where we wanted to get to and I think if it wasn't for you know really one quarter of football that third quarter you know we uh, we probably be Vanier Cup champs yeah um, I look at your football team and I picked uh, along with some uh, media coaches and uh, yep. and players picked the top player in the conference that came out to be Adam Mackard 185 yep. pounds of hate just talk about his play. It's funny you say 185 pounds. You know, there's, uh, you know, he's a kid that that can bench press 405, literally four plates. I've never seen anything like it. So, not not the biggest guy, but I mean, you know, his vision, his his ability to 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 cut back, um, to move laterally, and he's just tough. He's all around. I don't know if I've seen seen an offensive player like him in the, in CIS football in the years I've, I've been around. So he was. You know, he put the team on his back a lot of times. You know, obviously with with the help of the offensive line and and the team in general. But he's he's a special player. Talk about Clausen. His uh, career is done now with the Huskies. That right. guy is the definition of a football player. Mm-hmm. Everything he does, everything. Um, you know, his guy's probably naturally, um, you know, a, a running back. Um, but you know, was, was able to go out there and and play at receiver and be incredibly productive for him. He's, he's also a guy that will get you two, te- two special team tackles and be able to block downfield. He's almost like a, a Neil Hughes, if there's anybody to compare him to. I know talking to some of the GMs and scouts prior to the draft last year, that's that's who I refer to him as, as a, a Neil Hughes. But probably even more athletic, you know, the ability, like I said, to play in the slot, to play receiver, to carry the ball to the backfield, and then to go do what he does on special teams. But he's a, he's a special player, too. He's a... He's a guy that you, you can't really replace, but um, but he was he was great to be around. What about that Weeb kid? That was a nice addition. The Oregon uh, Oregon transfer, Nick Weeb oh, from yeah. Okotoks, Alberta, hits like a truck, goes sideline to sideline. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's he's polished. I mean, you you know, the second you see him, I mean, he definitely passes the eye test. And once again, he's not a he's not a guy that that just packs a punch. He runs really really well. He's you know a sideline to sideline player and. And uh, and like I said, he's he's pretty he's pretty special too. He's a, he's a difference maker for sure. What's this team look like going into next year with your quarterback back? You should have a puncher's chance, that's for sure. Pretty pretty good, um, pretty good. I, I think you know obviously from a from a defensive standpoint, we lose uh, Colvis Lemek, our star Sam, yeah, Sam linebacker there, and he um, you know he's a great player, great leadership. Um, but that's really about it. And, you know, you go to the offensive line, we have. Uh, Nick Summick is going to graduate, um, and then a couple of, couple of draft picks in in uh, Connor Connor Birdie Bird, and uh, and, Zer, and yeah. Zer as well. But um, 
you know, it's a bit of a factor within the offensive line that I think the way they're coached and the, and the, and what what Scott and Lane have, have done with them, we're, we're always going to be pretty good at that position. Like I said, you get your quarterback back, you lose Clawson, but you get Jesse Coots back, who was a big part of our offense the year before towards ACL in the preseason. So we're going to be pretty strong. Um, we're we're, we're going to be pretty strong. Hey, uh, I, I think we need to look at this again, and I think it was U Sports' decision to move away from the Grey Cup, but I would love to see, if we could do it, I'd love to see a Friday night uh, Canadian Bowl for junior football, and that's near and dear to your heart. guy like you yeah. played for the Thunder or, and Huskies, or, just like uh, Clawson. So go a Friday night that, a Saturday uh, Vanier Cup, and a Sunday Grey Cup. We need to make it a football weekend. Absolutely, and I think you know the last time they did that, I believe, was – um, well, I got, when they when they piggybacked uh, Devanie and the Great Cup, I think that was in BC. That was McMaster played Laval. It was BC. Was it was it was BC in eleven, and then the next year they did 11. it in Toronto and had the biggest crowd right. they ever had, and then right. they went away from it. Yeah, right, right. And I mean, people still talk about those games. Um, you know, I know, I know amongst the coaching staff and mm-hmm. and players and, and guys who've been around. And I, I think it'd just be a, a great way to obviously promote the game and and uh, to get to get a great attendance, to get a great crowd and. Um, that's that would be ideal. So we're hoping to be able to do that. And they'd like to like to probably have the uh, the the Vanny come back out west. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it hasn't really been here obviously since since it was in BC, and then in 2006 when we were able to host it in Saskatoon. So it'd be nice. So are you doing the New Year's resolution thing this year? Or will you fail anyway, so why bother? A new survey found fewer people are doing them than last year. Only 44% of North Americans say they're going to make a resolution. That's down 50% from a year ago. Here are some realistic 2022 goals, in my opinion. Spend more time with family. Guy. That show is hilarious. Cut down on alcohol. Rubbing alcohol. Another realistic 2022 goal. Save money by kicking your worthless kids out of the house. Travel more on Minecraft. There's a whole new world out there waiting for your nerd ass to explore. And another realistic 2022 goal. Reduce workplace stress by getting high in the bathroom. The third quarter is brought to you by Double Fed Ag Sales and Waiver. For grain hauling, grain marketing, and crop insurance, give my buddy Corey Zadarozniak a call at 306-842-2406. Former Regina Thunder offensive lineman Logan Furland was a first-year starter for your Saskatchewan Rough Riders this season. What was it like lining up as a professional starting offensive lineman in the second-best professional football league in the world? Really, uh, a dream come true. Uh, as cliche as that sounds, it uh, it really was. I mean, it was something I've I've been working towards since I graduated, and and uh, just to be able to line up on that first BC game was was pretty incredible. How did you feel when a guy like Brendan Labatt, a Hall of Famer, or your O line coach, or Dan Clark say things like, in Clark's case? He should have been our nominee for Offensive Lineman of the Year. He's going to be uh, the next great one from Logan Fur, uh, from uh, Brennan Labatt. And then you got uh, Sorrell saying, this guy is unbelievable. Like, what? Like, how do you feel? Are you like, whoa, guys, hold the phone here. Let's not get expectations too high. <laughs> that's kind of that's what I do, yeah. I'm, I, uh, I don't like all the spotlight. It's like, yeah, it's, it's great. It's great to have your name being talked about, but it does uh, – set a high benchmark for for where people expect you to reach and 
all it really does for me is just motivate me more uh, to be that great football player. So how do you feel about this team after that loss in Winnipeg? I feel like that was the Grey Cup. I think those are the two best teams in the league. No disrespect to Hamilton, and I think they'll put in a pretty good effort, but I think Winnipeg will probably take the Grey Cup on Sunday. I feel like last Sunday was the true Grey Cup, but how do you feel about your team? Six turnovers. That defense was lights out, and you guys just couldn't capitalize on offense. Do you you go back almost uh, sheepishly to the locker room and say, oh, sorry guys, we let you down? Because I almost feel like you feel like that Wes Cates was kind of commenting on that on our post game show. Absolutely, you you definitely you definitely feel like uh, you you let you let the team down a bit. I mean, you you do need all three facets of the game, and and our defense was on fire. Um, and it's it's kind of been the story of our season. I mean, our offense just didn't. We never really found that niche. I mean, here and there we did, and when we did, we we blew teams out of the water. But um, yeah, it is. It's very frustrating, but all all I can do is focus on my job and what I can do to contribute to that offensive line and uh, the rest of the offensive unit, and and that's all I can do. Give me one thing that you did well, and one thing you need to improve on, Logan Furlan, going forward. I think I, I think I did well adapting um, as quick as I did, just to the playbook, the physicality of everything, and. And the, the pressure of, of learning center, I think I did a good job of, of adapting to it with what I had. Um, <laughs> things I can, I need to improve on. I mean, I could, I could have a full essay for you. Um, there's, there's always stuff to improve on. Uh, mainly, I think, really slowing the game down, not getting too excited. I get one more in here. How important is it for Logan Furlan to be a Saskatchewanian role model for the next Logan Furlan that's coming up as maybe in the in the minor football, Regina minor football, Yorkton, Saskatoon, wherever, uh, and then through the through the post secondary programs? Uh, honestly, it's everything. I that's really what keeps me motivated is is to motivate other kids and just yeah, doesn't matter where they come from or or. You know, especially me and Dan as juniors, being able to make the jump, it doesn't matter where you come from. It matters the work you put in. It doesn't matter what everyone else is saying about you. Um, or, you know, if you got top university prospects in front of you, it doesn't matter who's there. It matters who puts the work in, uh, who's more dedicated. And um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, you know, motivating younger guys and, mm-hmm. and hopefully developing some old linemen here in the future. Um, for for whatever whatever programs they're they're going into. Awesome, man. Well, thanks and happy holidays. Uh, really appreciate you taking time and a great first season, Logan. I thought you really improved as the season went along. Thanks, I appreciate that. Just before we get to our fourth quarter stretch, let's recognize our final title sponsor for growing the game with Ballsy. It's Advantage Collision in Saskatoon and PA. Thanks to Ben Garrow for getting on board and supporting football in this province and this podcast. What a great guy. Advantage Collision, Saskatoon and Prince Albert. Your SGI, elite accredited auto body repair shop. Locally owned and a certified collision OEM approved shop. Now they provide comprehensive service as part of a worldwide network of best in-class collision repair shops. They manage the entire process on your behalf to ensure everything you need is taken care of. The highly performing, technically advanced team of experts knows how to deliver exceptional workmanship and service in the shortest time possible. And that's key. Give Advantage Collision a call. 
because they care about your safety. The fourth quarter brought to you by Driven Automotive in Regina. You can find them on North Broad Street. They have offered superior auto repair services in Regina since 2006, and their customer services total satisfaction is what they deliver. Time to check in with my buddy, former Lion and Rider Manny Arsenault. The Manny Show is going to talk about what the Rider receiving core might look like next year, and he helps us understand what went wrong between Duke Williams and Cody Fajardo. So, Manny Arsenault, take me through the play that the overthrow for Duke Williams. Do you blame Cody more? Do you blame it more on Duke? Is it a shared responsibility type of thing? Because that was a key play in the game. Man, it kind of go both ways. And like I say, you never know which play is that play. And you wish you could have it back because as a receiver, you'll say, man, you know what? I would have done this different or could I gave more effort? And as a quarterback, you'd be like, could I have placed this ball right on him? outside, inside, put it in his hands. But, you know, that one play or one play doesn't determine the outcome of a game. It's just always when that one play happens that kind of sums up the outcome of a game. But um, it's, it's just one of those things, man. And this is something about stats and the history that that's who you would be wanting to root for and see playing in a great mm-hmm. cup due to the history of them um, and, and, and what it is to bring and the hot start they started on with and just getting things going. But you got a Winnipeg team that's been consistent. But, man, for Sass, it was a whole lot of ups and downs this season. Injuries on the roster, key guys banged up. But they seem to find a way to stick together and still be able to make a playoff run. So, for them, they just looking forward to next year. O'Day just building a team, you know, that could kind of stick together, keep your core together. And they should be able to go on another run. But, the yeah. football that was played this year during the COVID year, man, it was tremendous. And, you know, the fans should be uh, appreciative of what they was able to still see due to the COVID year and everything that happened. Manny, uh, we've talked about Shaq Evans a lot, but i got to talk about him one more time. He didn't, he, <laughs> he, he didn't even get a ball thrown his way. In the Western Final, it's, it's third down and three. Your season's on the line. He's the master of the slant route, and they never threw him the ball. What do you make of that? Man, hey, it just comes to every guy knowing he's a piece to the puzzle and they all role players. So if you're being a star guy and no targets coming your way, Hey, that's the talk you go have with your offensive coordinator. But a lot boils down to it. You know, y'all stay big on the emotional roller coaster he's on, his body language. Is he a true leader? Well, you know what? Sometimes that boils down to the play calling. Is this guy in it mentally? Can we trust him right now? So the coach going to roll with what he thinks will work, give other guys opportunity that want to step up. But, you know, it be that way sometimes. You can't get every ball as a receiver. And when your number's dialed, you got to be ready to make a play. But like I said, man, once once Shaq, once Shaq character and everything matches his actual play, I think the fans will be a lot happier with him. But um, it's not the talent that's an issue. It's the things that take no talent. That's just the energy and the effort and, and far as how emotional he is as a player. So tapping into his character and that thing this offseason is the biggest thing for him because physically he's good to go. It's the mental aspect of his game that's really holding him back. Do you do you do you envision a, a world where Shaq Evans is back next year? Well, somebody's gonna bring him back. Um, he still have plenty in the tank, but it's just a team that dealt with you this long, like Sass. You expect them to bring him back because apparently, you know, sometimes it's the system, and it's all about having the coaches that kind of buy into you 
and you have them coaches that keep them players because as long as they got someone on the staff mm-hmm. that can coach that guy, he'll stay employed. And, you know, and that's kind of what it is, not what you know, but who you know in the football world. That's why guys bounce and always have places elsewhere because that coach don't always come back for that guy that they know they can trust and depend on. But if you're giving the money out, you're giving that money to Duke Williams, aren't you? Like if you had to spend on a receiver, you got to try to keep Duke in the fold. That or go test free agency. You feel me? Um, I'm going to yeah. go with a guy or my younger guys. I'm going to reward them for their hard work. I'll take a grade in lineage or, you know, Baker's still young, but you got guys that's around and the Canadian content proved that they can be paid. So I'll take a chance on that or I'll go shopping around. Who's the next guy to emerge and make a name for themselves? And if I'm going to build my team around Duke, a big body that can catch, block, and do things, I'll take that gamble. But, you know, they kind of didn't have a few hiccups. They invested in Jordan Williams-Lambert they thought was going to pan out, which didn't. So it's about getting a player that's consistent. You know, everybody can be a one-hit wonder, but can you do what you do day in, day out, week in, week out, when there's a blueprint and everyone knows about you? And that's what SAS struggle with, getting consistent playmakers that's going to do their job day in and day out that's been veterans. They haven't had that. Or, you know, they could have brought me back for one more year. So the 2021 football season is in the books on all fronts. And I think I speak for many when I say it was great to watch three-down football again. Great job by the various minor football organizations across the province helping to pull off a safe and fun season for the kids. I have an immense amount of respect for the grassroots volunteer organizers, refs, training staff, and coaches that help preserve and grow this sport at the grassroots level. Congrats on a successful high school season for all the teams in the province. However, as it relates to Regina where I live, I think it's ridiculous that the separate and public schools have different rules when it comes to recruiting. In the public school system, you have to live in the area, but that isn't the case for the Catholic schools, and that's a joke, and it's unfair. And I say this as a parent whose son is a graduate of Riffle. Now, as we talked about earlier with the 2021 Coach of the Year, Scott McCauley, the Thunder had a great season as they finished the regular season at 8-0 and in first place for the first time ever. And congrats to Tom Sargent and the Toppers for winning the PFC Championship and coming within a whisker of playing in yet another Canadian Bowl. What a tremendous organization. It was a heartbreaking season for the U of R Rams as they lost a ton of close games and definitely deserved a better fate. The Rams are now searching for a permanent head coach and the team's repeated late game collapses has to be considered when making that decision. However, I sure hope Mark McConkie gets the interim tag removed. The U of S Huskies, of course, had an outstanding season, coming up just short in their first Vanier Cup appearance in 15 years. The team next year loaded on defense. They've got a star quarterback in Mason Nias who returns for his last year, and that dude was ripped off of the Canada West MVP award and then subsequently a chance at the heck Crichton. I will never understand that one. I kind of feel like his own head coach, Scott Flory, who, by the way, I've got a great deal of respect for, doesn't even appreciate what he has at times in his quarterback. Now, with Coach of the Year Flory in charge, this team will always be good on the offensive line. They do need to try and find a game-changing weapon in the receiving core, though. If they had just one Philpott type of receiver, they would have won that Vanier Cup going away. 
All right, now to the CFL. It was so great to see the Grey Cup end up as exciting as it did after kind of a meh regular season. But it wasn't all chips and gum. The ratings for the big game down 22% from 2019. 2.8 million people watched and only 821,000 in the key 25 to 54 demo. Now, as far as I could tell, those don't include streaming numbers. Other factors for declining ratings? Well, it involved the team from Winnipeg. So, I mean, you have to assume Manitobans can't afford streaming or cable, don't have a TV, or were out trying to steal one during the game. <laughs> I'm joking. Well, mostly. Uh, this is the most critical offseason in the league's history. And it starts with easy solutions, in my opinion. Riddle me this, Batman. Why do we get the broadcast of the Super Bowl on TSN and CTV, but the Grey Cup, our game, isn't on a basic channel like CTV? And if TSN doesn't do a better job of their presentation, a streaming service has to be looked into. By the way, has anybody reached out to Jeff Bezos? He's currently in a dick measuring contest with other rich dudes to see who can go farther in space because he's bored. He has expressed an interest in buying the Denver Broncos, but what about a whole league? What about the CFL? Now, now I'm serious here, just hear me out. He can stream the games because he owns Amazon. He can handle every team's merchandise and shipping out the product. And every rich guy wants to leave a legacy. Now, do you want your legacy to be just part of an old boys NFL club? Or how about resurrecting and growing a storied football league? You'd have a whole nation revere you. Now, I know it's probably a pipe dream, but you don't win a lottery unless you buy a ticket. So somebody, if you haven't already, reach out and turn over that stone. It's time to start celebrating what we have, which is the second best professional football league in the world. Let's not lose sight of this. And forget this bullshit talk about a four down football game. It's not the rules that need fixing, it's the marketing. It's getting in touch with our roots while making it cool for the younger people. Like the whole radically Canadian or our balls are bigger campaigns like I've talked about before. And we need everybody to get on board to make this thing a party. Give them a party, let them gamble at the game, and make the game the icing on the cake. For instance, here in Saskatchewan, we need government officials to get their heads out of their asses and allow tailgating. Thank God the 2022 Grey Cup is in Saskatchewan, like it was in 1995, which happens to be the last time this league was in really bad shape. The more things change, the more they don't, but they better this time. This has been Growing the Game with Ballsy. If you have a football story you'd like to share to help us grow the game, email Michael Ball at mball at harvardbroadcasting.com. Ballsy can be heard weekdays in Regina on 104.9 The Wolf Morning Show and during Saskatchewan Rough Riders and U of R Rams broadcasts on 620 CKRM.